This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Squiggly Career Podcast. I think it is episode 52. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I know that I'm Helen. Is that right? It is. <laughs> and I know that I'm Helen Tuffer, one of the co-founders, and that I'm here with Sarah Ellis, the other co-founder. Hi, everyone. So this week then, thank you for, for being with us. If it's your first time, actually, before I talk about the topic, if it's your first time, I, we should say hello to you and thank you for listening. We are the founders of a business called Amazing If and we talk an awful lot about squiggly careers and that's based on the, the idea, really, that careers are changing. They're not this kind of linear, predictable thing anymore where we can do these career plans that have those one, two, three-year targets in them because actually... Quite a lot of the jobs that we're going to do in the future don't even exist yet. And our careers are going to be a lot more squiggly. And the skills that you need to succeed in a squiggly career look a bit different. And that's what Sarah and I do with Amazing If. We help people to develop the skills to succeed in a squiggly career. Do you know what? On that, I actually this week, I was looking at something that I'm judging and actually got rid of the question, where do you see yourself in five years' time? Well done. Because I think that is just like anti the anti squiggly career question. <laughs> it's like expecting somebody now in this context to go, oh yeah, well in five years time, this is what I'm planned to be doing, and and feeling that that is actually a good thing to ask somebody. I feel is actually really outdated. I think it's okay to ask people about their aspirations and how they want yeah. to spend their time. Yeah. But to go, what's your five year plan? I was just like, no, let's just kill that. Yeah. I was, actually, very I was like, proud of that question. moment. <laughs> Yeah, we should almost do the uh, how would you answer that question because I bet people still get answered that and you kind of want to answer it in a way that is... um sort of makes people think differently about careers but rather than just getting really defensive like yeah 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 maybe we'll answer that maybe i'll do that in a uh, an instagram story one morning um, so yeah so this weekly podcast is all about us trying to break down some of those skills uh inspire you a little bit get you thinking a bit differently about careers and just helping you on, on a weekly basis and this week we are going to be talking about inspiring leaders talking about some of the leaders that we have inspired us, both people that we have known directly and hopefully worked for, and also some of the ones that we maybe haven't worked for but have still looked to for inspiration. But I think most significantly, what we want to do is to really summarise some of the common traits about all of those leaders that actually we can all 
look at in our everyday jobs and some of those traits that we can embody every day because you know leadership is not just about a job title actually in a squiggly career leadership becomes about something that we can all do every day yeah I think actually I've been thinking a lot about leadership and how it's changing because of the squiggly careers that we're all experiencing and actually I think almost leaders now have a in in lots of ways, a harder job because there's more factors to consider. So things like, you know, we're we're likely to not all physically be in the same place all of the time now. So remote leadership is is kind of really interesting, whether that's remote leadership a bit of the time, all of the time. Uh, You know, hierarchy is changing. And so the idea that, you know, everything was, it's okay because you've got a leader who basically did the whole tell style. You know, people don't respond brilliantly to that, but that's what you know, those kind of hierarchical structures were set up to do. That's how kind of decisions were made. And so now if you're working in project teams uh, more often, the leader of that team might might change really frequently. You might not have one leader the whole time. So this idea of, you know, leaders being this like one godlike figure almost yeah. in a team or an organisation, I think that is disappearing. And one of the things I think is really important to appreciate about leaders and leadership generally is that there is no blueprint. And I think when we think about this, that does make sense. But there's no leader that is perfect. I think that's worth stating. Sometimes I think they kind of have this aura of, oh, wow, they're in an amazing job. And so they must be brilliant at everything. That's definitely not, in my experience, definitely not true. And I've worked with some, some brilliant leaders. But everyone's good at some things and not so good at others. And there isn't this kind of approach where you go, this is the leadership approach. As long as I tick all these boxes, that's it. I'll be a great leader. I think now you've got to decide for yourself what does leadership mean to you? And then like, what actions are you going to take? And I was, um, there's a really good article that I will link to on this as well about, um, like I was looking at definitions of leadership um, and Sarah and I both done MBAs. <laughs> I know, I know. I was thinking we've both done MBAs. We've both done like courses on what's the difference yep. between management and leadership. But um, unfortunately, I didn't find that information. I just went online. <laughs> so, but um, if I look at some of the definitions, a really good inc.com article with like a hundred definitions of leadership. It says things like um, leadership is getting people to work for you when they're not obligated. That's from Fred Smith. Sounds like an entirely made up person. Sorry, Fred Smith. But um, uh, one of the tests of leadership <laughs> is the ability to recognise a problem before it comes an emergency. Arnold Glasgow. Um, leadership is the art of influencing others to their maximum performance to accomplish any task, objective or project from somebody Cohen. But I guess reading them all, like I flick through most the majority of these hundred tips and none of them really say leadership is having a title and a place in the hierarchy of an organisation. Like it's all behavioral and traits Mm. which makes me think that actually anybody can be a leader like you don't need to have it as part of your job title there are so many things that we can do every day to lead people towards an outcome to bring people together to create a vision all that kind of stuff that's basically the summary of these hundred definitions and I find that really empowering because I think actually anybody can be a leader and that if you have the desire I suppose and maybe the passion for the thing that you want to lead there's nothing stopping you from being the leader of that thing. Yeah and I think it's interesting as we start to do lots of different types of roles whether it's freelancing, running our own business, leading project teams. I think leadership previously has been also quite associated with like the number of people in your team. You know, you often get asked that question. I, st- I still get asked that question mm. quite a lot. You know, well, like how many people are actually in your team? And, you know, you get quite a different reaction to if you're leading one person to if you're leading 40 or 50. Now, they're quite different, you know, potentially quite different roles or quite different styles of leadership. But I think 
you know, moving away from equating leadership with is about a number of people or about a job title to it's actually about how you choose to act day in, day out is is much more useful and actually relevant for where careers are going. You've totally given me my inspiration for this week's article that I've got to write. I write a, um, a monthly article for Marketing Week, everybody, and um, I have to write it this week. And in so far in this podcast, I've just been thinking about the like outdated questions that we get asked in our career. Yeah. Uh, and I've been thinking, you know, you we were saying about like, where are you in five years? And also like, how many people do you manage? Like, why is that? A, why is that a sign yeah. of status? So um, yes, uh, we will get back to the topic of leadership. But thank you for inspiring the uh, this week's Marketing Week article, which I will write in the next day or so. I want a credit somewhere in there. <laughs> you, you always, always, you get, you get much credit. So, shall we have a bit of a, a kind of a bit of a share? We haven't shared with each other, everybody, um, but about some of the leaders that have inspired us, and maybe why specifically we found it inspiring. Yeah, and I think when I, almost to your point there about when people ask you these kind of questions, your thoughts sometimes immediately go to the people that you've worked for, because you think, oh, you know, who's inspired me that I've worked for? Because they're they're the leaders. And actually, the more I've thought about this over the last couple of days, it's actually some of the leaders that I've worked with as peers that have probably inspired me the most in terms of my own like leadership development, because they were some people who you know, I was working with day in, day out. They were different to me, but I really admired their style. I think I was learning a lot from them. And particularly when I was at Sainsbury's in my final role, there was kind of a few of us, girl called Rachel Eyre, Sarah Kilmartin, Rob George, myself. We knew each other pretty well and we kind of all came together in this leadership team. And often I think you do look back at certain points in your career and think they are kind of really, you know, like high like learning moments mm-hmm. because you're probably in a in the role that's kind of well suited to you and you're getting a lot from that. But the people around you are also absolutely brilliant. And so from each of those, they're all very different leaders to me and very different people to me. But I think we all sort of held ourselves to account and we had very clear kind of shared objectives. And I I just think I learned a lot almost like daily from just being part of a leadership team with leaders of that calibre and quality. And it was kind of your peers as well as kind of, you know, more formally someone that you work for. Yeah. And it's really interesting. Like I would work for every one of those people, uh, you know, and I've worked with them. And they're people that kind of their things that I've learned from working with them has definitely stayed with me. And actually, even if I'd ever got a challenge or a problem, I knew that if I went to them, that they could help me solve it that bit better than I could by myself. And so I think what really inspired me about that scenario was this sense of collective leadership. It wasn't just about me as a leader. It was about what we could achieve together. And that was really motivating. I think that's brilliant when you have that collective leadership. I feel like that's when a team is like at its most powerful where it's not that that hierarchy is not present and it's actually what everyone can bring and everyone's taking ownership as well I think that's a big part Mm. of leadership mine is going to feel like a real name drop and I didn't work for Richard Branson directly so it's not but one thing that I really noticed that I thought was particularly impressive when I was at Virgin so I worked at the head of office of virgin which is like the bit that richard branson owns and then they have sort of like legal relationships with all the other virgin branded companies but the one thing i really noticed there was the this is going to sound really silly but the amount of smart people that richard branson employed to directly work for him and why i find that quite interesting is there's a like there's an often like shared comment about that actually you should what's that saying Sarah about you should employ oh, you should, hire yeah, people smarter, people than, you. smarter than you yeah so that, 
Um, now, now, I don't know what Richard Branson's IQ is, so I don't know if they were smarter than him, but they are very, very smart people. And you would have to be a very confident individual not to have been threatened by the intelligence. I mean, there's a guy called Josh Bayliss, who's a CEO, who is just such a smart guy. I have no idea how he retains so much information about the Virgin Companies. There are all the people on the investment team, like, Virgin at the centre is full of such smart people and it just really made me think about how, you know, great leaders aren't great alone. <laughs> you know, great yeah. leaders of great companies are often able to do that because they've hired really, really smart people and they've taken a step back from their ego in a you know, in order to do that. And almost what that is, what you're just describing actually, is very high levels, I think, of self awareness. I think leaders that have been really brilliant and inspirational, they know they're not perfect because they appreciate that's not a kind of desired state. Mm -hmm. And so actually what they understand is, okay, well, how do I make sure that I get people around me who are complementary, who are additive, and that the whole will be bigger than the sum of the parts? And like you say, their ego is not, you know, put under pressure by that. There's no no concern that, oh, they're going to make me look bad or anything like that. It's just, I want to be the best I can be, but... I also want the people around me to make us all even better. I have another one as well, which is one that will be a shared one for you. I don't know if you've written it down, but I thought of another great leader that I haven't worked for, but I think is really inspiring because of what she has created through leading is Sherilyn Shackle. Yeah, um, I'd okay that. And so Sherilyn created something called the Marketing Academy, which is something that Sarah and I have both been part of. Sarah is also on the board of the Marketing Academy, and it's something that we both continue to support in lots of different ways. And Sherilyn created that. I don't know what. What do you reckon, Sarah? How many years ago? Ten years ago? Nine years ago? Yeah, yeah, something like that. From scratch. Yeah. So from scratch. And it is, I mean, I mean, look it up. If you are in the marketing industry, look it up because it's now global. It's like in Australia. I think it's in New, New York. York. It's yep. going to be like in other countries. It's a, an amazing initiative. And it, it basically gives free career development and training to a group of people in each of these countries every single year. You get mentoring, coaching. You get to be inspired by some amazing speakers. And Sherilyn created this. I mean, it wasn't her job. She set it up. She used all of her network and knowledge and context to do that and she has created something amazing but what I think for me and from a leadership perspective she a had a vision she brought people together to achieve that vision but she's also never it's never been like ego driven like so she's almost like a reluctant front woman for it I think sometimes because she's so much about the people that are benefiting from the program and I find that from a leadership perspective really empowering to see these people that are leading amazing initiatives creating great things and actually for them it's much more about the opportunities they're creating for other people businesses individuals and that's the success not their aura or their place on a pedestal yeah I think what Sherilyn did for me personally was show me the art of the possible I genuinely don't think probably amazing if would be in sort of where it is today if it hadn't been for her because actually what she facilitated (laughs) I think she's a leader that facilitates is she gave me opportunities uh, with people or to think in different ways that just expanded my horizons and then importantly gave me the confidence to believe I could do it and so suddenly I went from you know thinking oh you know I'm sort of happily ticking along in my job working in a bank at the time to thinking oh wow well maybe I could be a chief executive at some point or maybe I could you know scale the heights of whatever 
thing I was aiming to end up doing. Or maybe I can create my own <laughs> thing. Yeah, I'd like to be honest, I didn't really scale loads of heights. I just sort of started doing some training and development, which became Amazing If. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing leadership trait, though, that is to expand someone's horizons and show them the art of the possible. Like if that's if that's how you go yeah. about your every day, like wow, like you, a pretty you, big you impact. Should, yeah, that'd be a pretty big impact doing that every day. I think that's quite an inspiring uh, thing to set for yourself to try and do. And again, that doesn't that could be for an apprentice that works for you. It could be for a college you worked with for ages. Think about how you can expand their horizons and show them the art of the possible. Yeah, that's I might write that down after tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so shall we do? We've come up with kind of five traits that we think we've consistently seen in lots of the leaders that have inspired us both but also things that we think everyone could do pretty much from tomorrow after you're listening to this podcast so they're things that we think everyone could kind of take action in in your own jobs and um, kind of in your in your own way and in your own style yes okay so maybe I'll, maybe I'll start with the first Go one then. so the first one the first trait that we have consistently seen in people is bravery so making tough decisions and that toughness can apply to, you know, it's a tough financial decision, it has an impact on other people, but just having the ability to, you know, stand up and make those decisions when other people might not, I think is a big sign. And I was I was thinking about an example of this. Sarah, I think you might know this person. <laughs> this is obviously Sarah and I's great prep. But do you know Daniel Murray? He does Secret Leaders podcast that I'm yes, always that's recommending. What I that's yeah, what yeah. I thought. That's I've what I met him connection. briefly. And he's just super entrepreneurial, full of yeah. ideas. Really, he, he, Yeah, he is really brave, actually. Well, the reason I specifically think he is brave is because my understanding is, I, re- I basically, I followed on LinkedIn and he founded a business called Grabble. Yeah. And also Mobula, I may be saying that right or not. But recently he folded the business and he has written the most eloquent and brave LinkedIn post on this. Like, if you want an amazing example of a leader being brave, Daniel Murray's LinkedIn post on why they had to close Grabble Down, which was a successful business, but not successful enough for what they were trying to do and the people that they basically had to pay every month. And it is it is heartfelt, it is honest, it is about respecting the money, it's about decisions that, you know, maybe they didn't make as well and... And it's kind of inspiring. It's like a it's like a it's a growth mindset in action, but bravery at the core. I highly recommend if you want a great example, I will link to it. He'll be like, why am I getting all these like people reading this post? But I will link to it in the post that we do on the website about this because it's just a really great example of people making someone making a tough decision. Yeah, I would agree. My second one is being selfless. So this is something I associate with all of the best people I've worked with who are leading in any capacity, they put other people and almost team achievements, company achievements before their own. So I think actually one of the most frustrating things as somebody early in your career or actually at any point in your career is when, you know, someone else takes credit for your work. I, yeah. I've, read, I've read a lot of feedback from people saying, you know, they find that really difficult. But I think people who are brilliant leaders, it's not about them and it's not about like they're you know progressing because of their own kind of status they've sort of understood that the way that they will succeed is by other people succeeding which is starting to get into followership and I think sometimes leadership is often defined as you know your kind of definition of leaders can be how many other leaders you create to yourself and that's something I always have in mind when I think about my own leadership is thinking you almost want 
all the people you work with, you want all of them to be really, really successful and to reach their potential, exceed their potential. And if that happens, then I always feel like I've done the best job possible. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I've got a great example of that, actually, which is the Hoxby Collective. So the Hoxby Collective is a global network of freelancers, which has been set up by Alex Hurst and Lizzie Penny. Um, And it's a network that I am part of and I'm really proud to be part of. And Alex and Lizzie set the business up because they wanted to create a world of work without bias. So if you're part of the Hoxby Collective, you you define your work style. So like how you want to work, when you want to work, and you can join projects on that basis so that you can, you know, if you want to do three other jobs you can do if you want to fit your family around work you can do it enables you to work in a way that works for you so super inspiring but on the point of leadership and also selflessness they are not about um we're creating this and we want to be you know we want to be seen to be successful because of this it's really non-hierarchical and they have directors of each of the business units that can build those business units up they have a financial structure which enables you to benefit from the success of a business unit it's not all about it going back to the founders they and reinvest a lot of the profits that get made in the business they're fully transparent about the profits I mean it is a really inspiring selfless business model with a real clear vision and I think they are just a great example of um, an organization that is growing and thriving on those principles brilliant Uh, so number three is being calm under pressure and I think we this is relevant to everybody every day because we all have sometimes expected or sometimes unexpected things happen to us where we need to very quickly be able to kind of take a step back, have some perspective and kind of understand kind of what the right thing to do is. And when you sort of see this in action, it's incredible. And I spent a couple of years working in corporate affairs and people generally who work in corporate affairs are very good at this because they're used to dealing with reactive and sometimes really significant reputational challenges and I worked with a brilliant leader called Yvette Edwards who uh, works at Unilever now and Yvette is just kind of the consummate professional when it comes to things going wrong and you know when you just like wanted her by your side you know you know those like go-to people and like even now (laughs) I'm thinking actually if I was like really if I was really panicking about something or there was something kind of reputational where I wanted that expertise that calmness and she just had this sort of presence and gravitas that she kind of took with her and some of the things that she was dealing with were you know really tricky and you know no prior warning and you're trying to understand a lot often areas that you're not an expert on in a very short space of time and actually she didn't have the easiest kind of work balance anyway she had to work part-time and so she was trying to manage all those kind of things and just watching her always stay calm it just you could see that it reassured um it almost like flowed out to everybody else you know you could see almost like that she was there and everyone was going okay this is going to be okay she's got this under control and I mean that's a almost kind of more extreme example of somebody who where that's kind of core to what they do for a living but I would say I've seen that again and again in leaders who you know the whole the shadow that you cast as a leader is so important and I think the best leaders understand how they're feeling can be understood and felt by everybody else and actually they make a real effort to kind of manage that proactively 
I remember when I was at um, BP and I had this moment of realisation. So the, the office that I was in was a lovely place called Pangbourne. And, and I remember this one particular day and I was running around from like building to building. And I had in my hand, I had my like my laptop, papers, my phone. And I was like juggling and running around. <laughs> like just feeling like really like like ridiculously rushed and pressured. And I don't know what made me think of it. But I remember thinking about um, one of the senior guys that headed up this business area that I worked in. And I was like thinking to myself, he never rushes around like this there's like two levels above me and I never see John rushing around like this like I think I've got this wrong and it really made me think I mean it's a swan analogy isn't it have you heard that someone said this to me actually it's the um, if you are certainly leading kind of teams or projects or people yeah even if it's just two of you actually having almost that swan like demeanour is actually quite important. It doesn't mean you can't be vulnerable. It doesn't mean you don't understand the pressures. But if you're looking really frantic, how do you think everyone else is going to feel? Yeah, so and I really feel like that's something that everybody, you know, to the point of this podcast being about like leadership traits we can all embody, that yeah. like, staying calm, having perspective, not just being aware of if you're rushing around and you're frantic, that has a ripple effect on other people. Actually, is it not better to have a ripple effect of calmness and perspective like we we can all do that i can definitely do yeah. that more than i don't I think i get that right do. all the time yeah. <laughs> no i agree me too so number four is judgment and i guess that's probably a little bit linked to the previous one around you can only have good judgment if you are calm under pressure but i think the ability and actually this is probably particularly relevant as work becomes more squiggly and there are more kind of factors involved in work the ability to absorb different information different perspectives and then be able to almost like make considered and thoughtful judgments about kind of what the right action is. So, you know, it's really easy. Um, actually, somebody, Daryl Fielding, who's a brilliant lady, ex-CMO of uh, Vodafone and done lots of very senior kind of jobs. She was talking about how often people are very good at like almost like diagnosing the problem, but not very good at like taking action. So, you know, like it's really easy to all talk about like, oh, this is not very good. That's not very good. I'm not very happy with this. Actually, the leaders who are kind of make the most impact are the ones that go, okay, so we've we've understood that that's the challenge or the issue or the problem. Let's think about what that solution might look like. And it's a typical thing. It's it's like a bit of a cliche, you know, don't bring me problems, bring me solutions. But I can see a difference in terms of the the brilliant leaders that I've spent time with. And I had one lady I worked for, a lady called Sarah Warby, who was particularly good at this. Is she would take the time to understand. She'd really listen which I think is probably another trait mm. that we can all, you know, work on, listen to other points of view. But she would know that moment where she had to step in and go, OK, right, this is what we need to do to move forward so that actually you don't come out of a meeting or out of a project going, we're not actually really sure what happens next or actually have we just spent a lot of time diagnosing the problem. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Okay then, so the last one that we've got as a trait that we think um, we've seen in leaders, but we also think that actually everyone can kind of work with, is about caring. And I know that sounds really like superficial, like just going, I care. But this really struck home to me recently at Microsoft when I was having a conversation with someone on my team who was going through, um, it was actually a late night sort of instant message conversation. And they were going through um, some different personal stuff. And I was just, you know, I said, like, please know that I care. I just want you to be okay and that I care and that, you know, I'm here if you need me. And they said, oh, like, basically no manager had ever expressed it like that before. And it really made me think, like, what are we doing if we don't care? <laughs> what are we? Yeah. Surely, surely, yes, we work. Yes, we want to do well. Yes, we want to make everything successful but shouldn't we just like care about how people are feeling and whether they're doing their best work and um and I just feel that actually asking people like I think we've talked about this before about asking people you know how are you doing today um and just taking the time out not to just do that flippant you okay while the lift is closing and just expressing some genuine interest in how people are and the work they're doing and you know what their successes are and having questions that allow us to show that genuine interest in people is just super important and we should all be doing it yeah and I think it goes back to that whole um people are at their best when they bring their whole selves to work and often I think people bring their whole selves to work when you feel confident that the leaders that you're working with care about you as an individual rather than just the outputs Absolutely. If, that, if, that, if that makes sense in terms of the difference so if you feel like actually someone only cares about have you done your presentation on time but actually hasn't taken the time to understand what other work you might be doing or what other priorities you might have what else you do outside of work and all that all those kind of things and actually being genuinely interested and like you say not just asking because you sort of think you should now I'm not saying you know you should spend all of your time doing this because obviously we all have work to go on and do but I think you can spot the difference in the leaders who you can see there's an extra level of attention to the individual than perhaps you know you can see elsewhere and it's those people who again I think they know when they need to make the time like the, mm. be the best actually that's a good way of thinking about it the best leaders I've worked for I've always known they've been there for me when I've needed them, always. And I, I knew that, and often I didn't need them, you know, like you were getting on and you were yeah. doing what you were doing and that was fine. But every single one of them, if I'd have, it would have been old school text or WhatsApp them or whatever it would have been and said, oh, I just really need to chat to you for half an hour, 15 minutes. I know that they would have spotted and gone I'm, and they would have cared enough to be like, I'll definitely make time for that. It's actually something I really hold myself to account for as well of going, of course, we're all busy, but I, I would really hope that if anyone said to me, I really need to speak to you like tomorrow, that I would make that work. So I think definitely that's something for people to just reflect on is, 
to what extent are you sharing care to your colleagues as well? And how do you make that time for other people? Like it doesn't just have to be the leader who's doing it, particularly in team meeting situations, because I think sometimes um, when we think of leaders being, you know, senior people as like a conventional framing of it they can often be quite busy but actually I think this care point is a really easy way to put some kind of leadership into a team because you can be that person who is creating that culture within the team of care yeah and actually Joe, you know I had some feedback on this last week where someone didn't tell me something at the time and told me two weeks later when we were catching up and I said oh I'm almost like disappointed that you didn't tell me this at the time I really would have wanted to know that and she was like oh no but I appreciate you're always really busy and I was like Yes, but never too busy for this. So yeah. make, making sure that you've got to be transparent, that this is important to you and explicit. You can't expect people to know that you just care. And that was a really good example for me of even with that person, I would have thought they would know that kind of what was happening in their life generally and at work would really matter to me. But even then they'd gone, oh, no, she's probably a bit busy. She's got, she got a lot on. And, you know, so I think just making sure that you are you are transparent about that. So shall I just summarise the five traits then that we have seen and think that actually we can all do this every day in our jobs? Um, So the first one then is bravery, those tough decisions, standing up for what you believe in. The second thing is about selflessness, putting others before yourself, not caring about who gets the credit. The third thing is about being calm under pressure, being the person that gives perspective to a conversation The fourth is about judgment. So that is kind of making a considered point of view, gathering lots of different information, you know, conversations, but being objective about your perspective. And the fifth one is about care. So just caring about the people that you work with, making time for those conversations and maybe creating that culture of care within a team environment as well. So that's it for this week then. Hopefully that is helpful. We'd love to know if you've got any leaders that have inspired you and maybe specifically what it is about how they've led that has inspired you. Um, and you can let us know on all the normal places. So get in touch with us at amazingif.com or send us a message on Instagram where we're at amazingif or on Twitter at amazing underscore if we're in all those places. Um, yeah, we'd love to love to hear from you as ever as well. If you've got any feedback for us or suggestions for future podcasts, you are welcome to share those with us there Um, and next week Sarah what is our plan so next week we're going to talk about how you can use your strengths more at work so I think we all recognize that strengths are kind of the way forward or hopefully people are starting to recognize that strengths are the way forward in terms of adding the most value to your organization and also doing the stuff that you enjoy and are most engaged in but actually thinking about practically what does this mean day in day out in terms of how do you bring those strengths to life how do you seek out all of the right opportunities to use your strengths brilliant okay well we'll we'll leave it there we'll be back with you with strengths next week and uh, we'll speak to you soon everyone take care bye bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm